All right, welcome back to Made in March. Today is Thursday, March 3rd, and as you can hear by that music, it is that time of year. It is March. It is March. Leslie, how many days until Selection Sunday? Currently, at the time of recording this, we have 10 days until Selection Sunday, although I'm assuming most viewers will be listening when there are nine days left. You will be listening on the single-digit days left. Yeah, until we are getting there, Sunday. and boy, do we have a lot to talk about. Just as far as what's happening with the hometown team, Wisconsin, and, I mean, we haven't recorded in, what, two weeks? Probably yeah. something like that. Ben, you know, midterms will get to you, so we apologize, but we are going to bring the force today. And we normally start out our podcast with some sort of special segment and then recap games. We're going to do things a little bit different today. We're going to start out with the recap of one game, one very important game, as you will see in just a second. Then we're going to look over the bracketology and then sort of look at the conference tournaments that are starting right now or are going to start in the future. Leslie, do you want to lead into the game yes. that we're going to recap? So, um, this game was Wisconsin versus Purdue at the Kohl Center on Tuesday, two nights ago. It was technically, I believe, for the Big Ten Championship. So Wisconsin, if they were to win that game, they would have a minimum a share of the Big Ten Championship. And then if they beat Nebraska this Sunday, outright Big Ten champions. And also Purdue, I think, was in the same spot where if they won, I think they yes. were to get a share of it as well. Um, so huge, huge stakes for both teams. Um, I think Purdue, probably, obviously Wisconsin winning would give them the championship, but Purdue had more on the line to not get swept by Wisconsin, I would say. Um, especially going into Cole Center and probably winning that game would have been huge for them. But don't come favor the Badgers. And this, I ha- I was at this game. Alex and Charlie did not have the privilege of going. Charlie actually had an exam yeah, during this. Yeah, I so mean, like, time. I think it should be illegal That's to really schedule good. an exam, not only on the day of, you know, the Badgers playing for a Big Ten title, but... During the exact time, I only got to see the last five minutes of this game. It was yeah, absolutely that's, terrible. I mean, just this, terrible. this was maybe the biggest game in Cole Center history. That is throwing out some. That's a big. That's a big word to say. That is, but but at the same, but at the same time, I'm not disagreeing with you, Alex. Like I know, I'm not. Gonna, I could see it. I could see and it. And Wesley, tell us about the atmosphere at the Cole Center. So the atmosphere. <clears throat> this is so normally for Wisconsin games. You know, the Badgers could be a top ten team. And sometimes, like, the fans always bring the juice in the beginning, but it always dies out. Like, eventually, it just mm-hmm. kind of simmers off. But this game was incredible. People were in it the entire time. And uh, I honestly think it was a huge contributing factor to why the team had the success that they did. I, kinda, I think, like, the team feeds off the energy, especially like, guys like Brad Davison and uh, guys that love to get involved with the crowd. Um, but the atmosphere, was, it was electric, for a better word. Um, it was it was an incredible atmosphere. The students were in it. The Barstool Dan Katz, our Barstool Big Cat, is Big Cat, yeah. He was at the game, and he brought a bunch of other Barstool guys too. <clears> and <throat> they were sitting front row with their shirts off and getting the crowd hyped up. So it was it was pretty awesome. Um, I was lucky enough to be at the game. I got there an hour early, and I was in the third deck. So that just tells yeah. you how much yeah. you know. People started lining up <clears> for this game at noon. And no, it was, it was at 10 8 o'clock at 10.30 for an 8 o'clock start. 8 o'clock start, 6 o'clock game. Brought their okay. computers there because they wanted to be front row with Big Cat and the boys. Yeah, I know. So, I mean, just <clears> it's <throat> a great game. Incredible atmosphere. Um, and I loved it because this was just great basketball. And there were no – a lot of times you can say, like, there were some bad calls here and there. No complaints. This was just a, an incredible basketball game. A lot of times teams can point to, like, hey, this were some missed calls down the stretch, whatever. The officiating was incredible. And – it just made the game that much better, in my opinion. This was a top, probably a top five sporting event that I've been to. I mean, you look at this game on paper, Wisconsin ranked 10th, Purdue ranked 8th. This was the lowest combined 
I guess, AP ranking of these two of all time. And these are two historic programs. Mm. You know, Wisconsin, Purdue, great Big Ten schools. And, I mean, then you look at the players. You got two of the best guards going head-to-head. Former U19 USA basketball teammates that won the gold medal, Johnny Davis and Jaden Ivey. And it was a battle from the beginning, and I can see why the fans were engaged the whole time. It was an incredible game. Back and forth all game. Um, at, there were some points that fans started chanting overrated at Jaden Ivey while he was at the line. I hope that was meant at his free throw shooting performance this game and not his, uh, his performance, like just his play in general, because he kind of kept them in that game down the stretch, if I'm being honest, while shooting three of nine from the line. So maybe it was, it was probably a free throw chant, but... The key in this game was free throw difference and forced turnovers. That was that was the key. My my main takeaway from this game was the emergence of Chucky Hepburn. I mean, and had, it's not had, just this game either. Been, Chucky's been playing been better the, the last, last couple three, weeks, four games. Yeah, exactly. I mean, we had talked about Chucky. We know he's a good perimeter defender, especially. Mm-hmm. He'll guard <clears throat> your best guard, no matter how tall he is, how good he is, whatever. He's going to lock down the opposing team's best guard. But his offense, these last couple weeks, he just looks so confident yeah. out there. Yeah. Beginning part of the year, Chucky was, you kind of knew what you were going to get out of him on the offensive end. He'd maybe get you a bucket here or there, get you what, maybe six, seven, yeah. eight points a game, possibly. Yeah, six, seven, but now three, he's yeah. getting up into that double-digit points per game, mm-hmm. while, as Alex said, being a very good, I would say underrated, perimeter defender. Mm-hmm. And let's keep in mind, Chucky Hepburn's a freshman, guys. Yeah. that's He's doing all this as a... As a true, legitimate freshman, true freshman <clears throat> an 18, 19 year old guy. Um, so super impressive stuff. In the beginning of the year, he came in. Everybody knew he was a great defender. That was just that's what he was going to bring to the table. Um, he was a four star recruit, so obviously he has some offensive ability. And I think it took him a while to get com- a comfortable in the system and be um, confident enough to take the shots, as opposed to like passing it off to maybe a guy like Brad or something. Like he's feeling like, well, hey, I'm I'm good too. I'm going to take some shots as well. <clears throat> I think that's boding really well for Wisconsin that he's peaking towards the end of the season. So since I was unfortunately taking an accounting exam for the first, let's see, 30-plus minutes of this game, do you guys want to fill me in on what happened in the first half and the beginning of the second half? Because I didn't get to see it. Yeah, so the first half, it was honestly just back and forth. Um, there was a lot of, lot of Zach Eady. Zach Eady got into foul trouble. I think he had two fouls with about eight minutes left in the first half. Um so the Badgers were able to go on a little bit of a run. They were up at halftime. Um, Purdue kind of closed it towards the end. Sasha Stefanovic was kind of the story for Purdue in the first he half. He came out hitting. Yep. He <clears throat> came out splashing. I think he was three of or four or five um, starting the game. Three of three from three. Had him. He started like eleven points in the first like looking at 10 the minutes. Looking at the statue though, that's all he did. Yeah, so he, he didn't hit another shot. He cooled off, but he had he had an electric start, and I was like, he oh, had eleven points good. in the first like eight minutes. Yeah, first eight ten minutes. So he was he was going crazy. Um, Purdue missed a ton of free throws in the beginning. Jaden Ivey was missing. He was one or two at best um, every trip he took to the line. Yeah. So they they were struggling a lot, picking up a lot of fouls. But then the second half, um, Jaden Ivey kind of came to play. And he got his first half in my eyes. It was. A lot of Tyler Wall and a lot of Chucky Hepburn. Not, but what 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 people might not know is Johnny Davis and Brad were in foul trouble. They had two correct. two exactly. fouls and they sat like the last what six seven minutes. Six seven minutes. So they, the Badgers were a holding a lead and actually started to build a lead with guys like I think the floor lineup for the last six minutes with Ben Carlson, Jordan Davis, Jacoby Neath, Chucky. So they were just they were just trying football. to tread water. And I w- and they were they were holding the lead and gaining the lead, making it bigger. I thought this was the best game that Ben Carlson has played all year. And I mean, it might not that, show on the stat sheet, but he played. But he was doing a lot of good things out there on the court. 
Same with Chris Folk. This is Chris Folk's best game as well. He was bodying, so Chris, Stephen Crowell was having some troubles with Zach Eady and Trey Gunn. <sighs> he was letting them catch the ball three feet away from the hoop. And not only that, but when Stephen Crowell tries to guard a Zach Eady or a Travion, in my opinion, when I watch him play defense, you can tell when someone's not confident in their defense and like... He's it's deer in headlights. He's yeah. just trying not to foul the guy and give him an and one. Exactly. He can get his bucket. He doesn't really care. Yeah. So the, the reason that Zach Eady probably didn't have 25 to 30 points in this game is because he missed some bodies. Mm-hmm. Like he was, and foul trouble. You he said, was right? In the beginning, in the first half, he first was half. in foul trouble, yes. Um, but he would miss bunnies where he's like a foot, two feet away, just bounces out. So, I mean, mm-hmm. he could end up with way more points than he did. Um, but Chris was he came to play. Stepped up? He stepped up. But when I got back from my exam, I think there was, what did you say, 10 minutes left in the game when I got back? This game became electric because it was close the yeah, whole time. It was. But what was the ending sequence? Did Johnny Davis hit a banked in three? Yeah, so what happened is like come down, the Badgers are up one. Johnny, yeah. kind of a broken With under a minute left. Under a minute left. There's probably five seconds left in the shot clock. Johnny gets the ball, tries, try, pump fakes, tries to get the guy up in the air, doesn't fall for it, and then kind of leans in. And just throws up a prayer. Bank three. It was slop. Yeah. It was total bank two. slop. Bank two, two. Bank three originally called, reviewed two. So now they're up three points. Um, Purdue goes down, misses a three. I believe it was Jaden Ivey that missed no, the three. No, Jaden Ivey hit the no, three. he made it right that away. Was he not made then. the three. Yes, he made the three was. He made that one then too. So it was tied at 70 or 67. Yes, it was tied. And then the bad. Then it was tied with about eight seconds left. And Chucky got the ball, ran up the court. Yes, but that's, that's after the three. Oh, I know, I know what Wesley's saying. Yeah. You, you're, yeah. A little, you're a little early. You're ahead. What happened was Johnny he the missed three, the three. Then Zach they, Eady missed a, a missed the layup. He fouled Brad. Brad Davidson missed the front of a one oh, on one. Then Ivy hit throw. the three. So Brad missed the five. And Ivy's three, it'll, it'll be a forgotten shot because of what Chuck in Big nuts. ended up doing. Yes. But that was a very clutch three by Ivy. Yeah, so away Brad, Brad is an 85 whatever percent free throw shooter. Misses the front end of one and one. I think he's like 89. Well, he's, he's high. He's a high free throw shooter. He misses the front end of one and one. Jaden Ivy hits a three. Chucky comes down and they make another. This was an electric shot. Step back from like the elbow wing area. Bank three. It was just crazy. Two bank shots in a row. Like what? Are, like what are the odds? That's just crazy. I will say, from an unbiased point of view, Purdue has gotten hosed, unlucky a few times this year. Look back to the Rutgers game when Ron hits the half court shot mm-hmm. to beat Purdue. I saw a stat. This, game. this could be wrong. It was either three or five, but they've. I think they maybe have lost on like five. Not buzzer beaters, but shots within the last like five to ten seconds of the game that have they lost to Rutgers by two, Wisconsin. That was the one at home against Wisconsin. They lost by five. That was lost. Lost Indiana by three. Lost Michigan State. Indiana, by Indiana, yes, Indiana hit a yep. like a near buzzer beater as well. I Michigan that. State. That one was pretty much a near buzzer beater, close enough. Yeah. And then this one as well was pretty much the only game that they really got destroyed in was at Michigan. That's about yes. It. And, you know, you look at Purdue and you think to yourself, how can the Badgers beat Purdue when they have Zach Eady and they have Travion? Twice. How can they beat them once, let alone twice? But, Alex, me and you were talking about Purdue, and you mentioned that their defense leaves a little bit to be desired. Do you want to talk about that a little bit? Yeah, you look at Purdue. They're According to Kempom, they're the best offensive-rated team in the country. Which, clearly, you can see when you watch yes, them Yes, that's known. And then you look at their defense, and they're about 108th, yes, I believe, in defensive right efficiency. 
And obviously, Wisconsin is one of the worst field goal percentage shooting teams. 251st in all of college basketball. In field yes. Goal. And they don't play up-tempo either, so they don't attempt like that many shots. No. That's why the fact that Wisconsin has won as many games they have is honestly kind of mind-boggling. But yeah, Purdue, Purdue's defense is definitely a concern for me. And in this game in particular, Mason Gillis, who I would... I think is their best defender got in foul trouble early. Yeah, and he stayed in foul trouble so he, for four fouls, so he wasn't on the floor much. Yeah, so he was out there. Their best defender was out, and Wisconsin took advantage. They hit shots when they needed to make them. Mm-hmm. There's a lot of games. You look at the box score slash team stats, you see that the other team outshot Wisconsin. <clears throat> goal percentage, three-point percentage, whatever. They just find ways to win. Yes. Now, some people say, well, that's lucky, blah, blah, blah. But they are 15-1. and one in quote-unquote close games, which I believe is a six-point margin or less with less than, I think, five minutes or something like that. I don't know what the, what the, like, the um, mm-hmm. makeup of the stat is, but they're 15-1 to Now, Wesley, that, when people be, say they're lucky, that's what people base it off of, them yes. winning all these close games. However, but, but, there is also the flip side of that coin. Something that needs to be said for the Badgers knowing how to win games. Yes, you can say lucky, like, hey, they went, but, like, that's sick. That's a sixteen-game sample size. Like, there's yeah. no, where it's not like we're just like looking at three games. Yeah, they got lucky on three. This is a sixteen-game mm-hmm. sample size. Like, this is a huge, huge, huge play here. One more thing I wanted to touch on in this game. I know we spent a lot of time on this. We were gonna get into bracketology very shortly. Wesley, I was telling you about this pre-podcast. Some really interesting stat I found about Jaden Ivey. This I'm not personally trying to disparage Jaden Ivey. I love watching him play. I, I think too. he should be a top five to ten pick in the NBA draft. But. He is not top five in any of the major stat categories for the Big Ten. That's points, assists, blocks, steals, rebounds. He's not top five in any of them in the Big in the Big Ten. This isn't just yes. college basketball. Yes. Isn't that crazy? Like that's that a stat crazy. that'll make you really think. Yeah, because he's probably like six or seven in a few. He's probably six or seventh in points, and he, he's not a passer. He made rebounds. Points. Yeah, probably just points actually. But yeah. still, that's. He ever just probably seven and a half rebounds per game is what he ever. So he's probably so he's close ish on rebounds because yeah. I think five on rebounds was probably eight and a half. Yeah, Johnny's in there with. But I don't know. Nine, that's so. just an interesting stat that I found today. That is crazy to think about that an elite player in the Big Ten <coughs> and in college basketball in general yep. is not even a top five in any major stat in his own conference. So yep. something to think about. But I mean, that had to be one of just the most fun games. That was to a be top five sports game or sports. Event that I've been to in my life, so that was that was fun, very fun, All right. and a good ending too. Yeah, transitioning here, we are going to break down some bracketology um, because there's so many games we could recap. But at the end of the day, brackets are coming out shortly. That's all that matters. We're right sort of more looking towards what do we think teams will do rather than what teams have teams done. done. If that makes any sense. I agree. So should we just go through the top? I don't know. What do you think, Alex? Top four, four top seeds, four, five seeds, seeds, something mm-hmm. like that. And just maybe some games look out for as well. Um, we have to say, though, this is Jerry Palms' bracketology. Mm-hmm. This, is, this is Jerry Palms because his is up, updated as of this morning. March <coughs> I didn't want to use Jerry Palms because he somehow has Rutgers as one of the first four out, which after their win against Indiana, which listen, we could recap that game, but Ron Harper Jr. has got some big nuts. Big That's nuts. all I'm going to say. Big shot from big nut Ron. Um, so I kind of didn't want to do this, but it is the most recent, so we will. Yeah, Joel Nari's last updated two days ago, so. Looking at his one seeds, he's got, which is unusual, I would say, his number one overall team is Baylor, followed by Auburn, Arizona, and Gonzaga as the fourth one seed. Mm. 
which I don't mind at all. I think this is – I think Baylor plays in the best conference easily, the Big 12. And right like now they're Where are you the seeing the rankings of the one seeds, by the way? All the way at the all bottom. All the way at the bottom. You can see that so – Gotcha, Baylor, gotcha, I like, gotcha. Okay. I like that he's respecting – so obviously Baylor has the worst record out of the four one seeds, but I like that he's respecting – but they've got 12, 12 quad, 12 quad one wins. wins. Exactly. So that's, 12, wow. That's what's, that's what's being looked at. Um, Baylor's played 16 quad one games. That's that's probably, like, it's close to a record, probably. That's yeah. that's just crazy that that many games with in-conference and everything. Crazy stuff. And Gonzaga, obviously, losing to St. Mary's um, recently by a that. decent amount. What is St. Mary's on here while we're on that topic? Um, I want to say they're around the six or seven yeah, right now. They're, yeah, they're, no, they're on the they're five, five line. line. They are oh, the okay. third five seed. They're, so respect to St. Mary's. Yeah, St. Mary's has been climbing. I mean, they're still a six-loss team that does play in, in the WCC. The WCC so yeah. uh, I don't know how much like merit that holds, I guess. I mean, they that could be a sneaky 12-5 matchup. Like, they get matched up with the mean, is it the mean green of North Texas? North Texas. I think I'm taking North Texas all day. In this bracket, are they matched up? No, I'm no. saying like if they were against the St. Mary's. Yeah, in this bracket, they're getting uh, South Dakota State Jackrabbits. This is a really good mid-major team yeah. as well. But out of these one seeds, I think the team I like most personally is probably Arizona. Thank you. I copied the board. Yeah. This is a team that I was not high on originally. I feel like you guys were kind of like iffy and like waiting to see. I definitely was. But... Just something about Kirk Creesa, I think he could go nutty in really? March Madness. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think he could just go on an absolute heater and just make seven threes. I mean, he did have a triple-double the other night. Against um, USC? The most, not against USC, yeah, but the game before. The most recent game I watched, they 30-balled USC on, the, on home, the road. On their home court. Yeah, and like granted, they, I think USC are fraudulent, yeah, but still, kind they're, of said that about USC, they're a ranked still, team. They're a turning team. <clears throat> and to 30-ball them is kind of ridiculous. They're gonna, they're gonna I mean, USC is a sixth seed in this bracket, so like clearly mm-hmm. they're no slouch. I mm-hmm. mean, we talk about Kirk Carissa. They are so well-rounded and so deep, Arizona. Mm-hmm. They're led by Benedict, Benedict Matherin, who's going to be the Pac-12 player of the year. Yep, if it right. somehow goes to Johnny Juzang, that is ridiculous. <laughs> that is, yep. They have two, it won't, though. Like, in yeah, all seriousness. It won't, it won't, it won't. It won't. But they have two. They have two great bigs. They're a young team, but you look at these guys; they're all from international countries. You look yeah. at Kirk Creasa, who's mm-hmm. from Ethiopia, I want to no. say, or Lithuania, Lithuania maybe. Lithuania, maybe. But yeah, he's played for that national team. I think he's have, got experience. Exactly. Yeah, they have. They have a lot of guys. <clears throat> a lot. Of, I think they have seven foreign players on the roster that yeah, get. Yeah, and like, Arizona's rolling minutes. right now. They are rolling right now. Um, people kind of. I feel like people kind of like. Doubted them just because they they just, they just wanted to see more, but people just keep saying, "I want to see more. I want to see more." Like eventually, like they're twenty. They've shown you enough. They're, they're whatever. And else. I think people doubted them to an extent because correct me if I'm wrong here, boys, but isn't don't they have a first year coach? They do. They do. So, right? so yeah, yeah, exactly. It's impressive stuff he's doing there. Yeah, twenty seven oh. and three <clears> team in the Pac twelve. Not the best conference this year, but you know, still some UCLA is a good team and USC is also a good team. So mm. six and two in quad one. I mean. You can't really, you can't hit on that, so. Yeah. Getting into the two seeds, we've got Duke, Kansas, Wisconsin, and Kentucky. So some definite blue bloods there, and Wisconsin. And Wisconsin. <laughs> um, I've been seeing a lot of hype on Badger's Twitter, saying that, like, Badger should be a one seed. No. I don't agree with it, necessarily, but their 93 quad one is pretty impressive. If they win Why the they tournament, they're a one seed. What's your reasoning behind this? Because Gonzaga. Well, let's look at this. Baylor's twelve and four quad one. Correct. 
I could see them over Auburn, but Arizona's twenty-seven and three. I don't really know how you no, don't put not them over Arizona. One. And, then, and Gonzaga's still twenty-four and three, so I don't yeah. really know you can promote Gonzaga. I could possibly see it over Auburn, but mm-hmm. over the other three, I just can't see it personally. I agree. Yes. However, I they're what his third two seed here mm-hmm. after two-seed. Duke and Kansas. Yeah, I mean, I would put them as at minimum the first two seed. Yeah, and they've they've won five in a row too. So yeah, I mean, they're on a heater. They're on a heater at minimum. Have a share for the Big Ten title. Exactly. And There's I think definitely if they win the Big a Ten, case to be made. Big Ten tournament, they're easy, easily the ones. They're an easy one seed, in my opinion, if they win the Big Ten tournament. Oh, now, of course. Yeah, I don't know if I see that happening. Um, I would love to see it happen. Coming to the tournament hot, and and that always holds well for teams. I, I don't know if I... They could... I'm not saying they can't win the Big Ten tournament, but that would be quite a streak to end off their season on going into March Madness. Yeah, I know. What are are our thoughts on these teams? Me, personally, I like Kentucky a lot. I think Kentucky has all the potential in the world. They got Mm -hmm. all the pieces to win Mm -hmm. it all. Kansas is interesting. I like Kansas, too, though, kind of. Recently, my take on Kansas is they don't have a good enough point guard to get them all the way Uh to the national championship. Kansas needs Ochai... Ochai, he moves more without the ball than he does with um, to get him open looks, obviously, because he's really developed his shot this year. Um, but I kind of agree that they don't have that facility. Or Christian Brown. I agree. Really. They have they have incredible scores around them. Uh-huh. Christian exactly. Brown at the two. Yeah. Ochai at the three. Jalen Wilson at the four. Exactly. It's just I don't think they have that guy that one guard Thompson. Yeah. Thompson. Yeah. I don't think he's... Good enough to get them all the way yeah, to the national. It's a valid take. And then as far as Duke's concerned, I mean, they've been on a heater lately. What, seven straight? Yeah. But what are our thoughts on them? Now, I made this argument, I think, three or four days ago. I think I said that Duke has the best starting five, like five-man starting lineup in the country. I did say that. Um, we, we Alex and I were kind of just talking through, like, comparing team by team, whatever, if, if some people had it better. But the combination of... Keels, Paolo Boncaro, Mark Williams, Wendell Moore, and AJ Griffin is, is that is elite. pretty scary starting five. It is elite, but I don't know how how their bench pieces can perform in March. Obviously, March is all about guard play and depth, um, and I think they have the guard play, but I don't know if they have fully have the depth piece. Um, obviously, it's Coach K's farewell tour. Yeah, you could buy into that narrative, like you, you know, farewell like, tour. A lot of people are going to. I guarantee it. Oh, one hundred percent. I mean, ticket prices for the game are ticket minimum $4,000 for the, the UNC. The average ticket price for oh. the UNC Coach K it's final $6, game. $6,000, 5500 Yeah, it's like 5300 Minimum to get, to get crazy. in the game on secondary market is 3500 The average price for that game is more than seven of the last ten Super Bowl Super Bowl tickets. <sighs> Just shows you the culture of college basketball. Very yeah, strong. Love it. Love to see it. Yeah. But, yeah, I think Duke, yeah, they're kind of – I'm kind of wishy-washy on them right now. Um, they have said the talent, I believe. They they have uh, a lot of years, the recent years. Mm-hmm. So, Getting into the threes here. We got Villanova, Purdue, who presumably they were, they probably dropped down mm-hmm. to the three line after the loss to the Badgers, mm-hmm. Texas Tech, and Providence. I know there's a team on this line that we all kind of probably will have making a run, especially you two. You guys love Texas Tech. I love you? Tech. <clears throat> I love Tech. I think I'm probably going to have them making a huge run. Um I know they're a seven-loss team, and I know they're six and seven quad one, and that might scare people. And I know that they're also undefeated at home, and some people may say, like, well, can they do it 
on a neutral site slash not on their own floor. Yeah. Um, and I think they can. I think they're they could be the deepest team. They obviously don't have any superstar. Terrence Shannon is probably their guy. Bryce Williams also very good as well too. Um, but they're they're probably. I obviously think they're eight deep, eight strong deep. Definitely. Yeah, and that's that's always a huge huge thing to have in March. Um, they're just kind of that like they don't have like a true big man, but they're like that long um, defensive hounding team that Texas Tech has been with Chris Beard, and now they're the same without him. So mm-hmm. I absolutely love Tech. Um, the defensive hounds, I I love buying into it. I did a couple of years ago, and they they did make it to the final game. So same reason for you, Alex. I really like <clears throat> Texas Tech, and I also really like Nova on the three line. They are the mm. best free throw shooting team in the country, shooting that is an important stat. Eighty three percent from the line. They have is that season long? Yes, and like that's coaching too. Like they have a lot of experience. They have a phenomenal coach. They have. Great who I think is the best point guard in the country in Colin Gillespie. I know Charlie might disagree, but I think Nova's due for a big run. I'm going to pick Nova. Don't. I wanted to mention something about Providence, not to, unless you had something to say about Nova real quick. No, just, like, <clears> just don't bet against Nova in the first round. Everybody yeah, you guys made that mistake definitely. last I year. Couldn't list. have been me. Um, want to talk about Providence. I really like watching Providence play. I just wanted to say that. And Jared Bynum has been fun super hot lately and he is a Kemba candidate he is a guard that can take over March Madness keep your eyes out for Jared Bynum and Providence I second this as well Providence is a fun team to watch and I'm not saying that Providence couldn't get upset by the way because Ken Palm has them as what'd you say Alex the luckiest team in the history of college basketball and Ken Palm's luckiness scale is very arbitrary I would just say Mm -hmm. if you win close games you're deemed lucky which there are a lot of arguments to be made on that field. So lots. I have to say, as stat about <clears throat> Providence, so Providence is also in the same boat as Wisconsin. Um, this is from I believe I think four or five days ago, but so they might have picked up another close win technically um, with that Xavier win that went into triple overtime. But they also are in the in the, since two thousand eight. Um, they're in like the top ten list of teams that have won close games, like record against in close games. They are eleven one. As of five days ago, um, which is very impressive. So that's another thing that they're kind of throwing in that lucky scale, just like Wisconsin has been as well. But it can go both ways. You can say that they're lucky because they're just yeah. Or, or you can say they're good because they've got guys that can get it done at the end of the day, like Jared Byron. Here, here's the set that I saw with Providence. It's it's on the same line with their their luckiness. There have been six teams in I believe the past decade that have had 10-plus close wins Mm -hmm. with less than five losses. There have been a three-seed, a four-seed, a six-seed, a 12, and I believe two tens. So those are mid-major teams, the Mm -hmm. two tens and the 12. But the furthest they have gotten is the Elite Eight, and that was one team. Three teams have lost. Wait, what seed went the furthest? Do you know? It was a four-seed. The three-seed got bounced in the first round. (laughs) What three-seed was it? I think it was... Baylor, I want to say. Oh, that I was the Torian Prince. I yeah. could be wrong. Oh, no, no, no. No, Torian Prince was when they were five. That was the long arms equals rebounds. rebounds. I could be wrong. That it was to Georgia State. Baylor. That was that was to Georgia State. Baylor was a, Georgia State was a 13 or 14. Yeah, versus Baylor as a three. That was that year? That was, that was the year that they were the luckiest, right. according but to Alex. I, I like Providence. I do enjoy watching them play, but I'm going to sit here and tell you guys right now, do not buy into them based on their record. And once again, I'm not I'm not saying that I think Providence is necessarily like Final Four team. 
I'm just saying that they're going to be a team that I'm going to tune into every second of their March Madness games. Personally. I can 100% see a first-round exit for the Friars this year. First round seems a little bit bold for my blood. I don't know about you, It's Wes. happened three out of the six times. <clears throat> you smelling it? I'm smelling it. Smelling there it. Three out, of the six, three out of the six times for what? That they've been in the tournament the last six times? No, that, that the luckiest based team. on the metric, that a lucky team with less than five losses. Okay, losses yeah. And three of the odd times, they were a 10, a 10, and a 12. So that's a it little bit a of a three, skewed metric. three, six, and an 11. The 12 seed made it. The other 10 or 11, I'm not sure exactly, made it. And the four seed made it. Okay, well, if you want to buy into that small sample size, then that's fine by you. It's fine, I will. Okay. Getting into the four seeds, we have Tennessee, UCLA, Arkansas, and Illinois. Interesting four seed set here. I think there's definitely some four seeds with some potential on this line. I don't like UCLA this that much this year. Um, kind of preseason, I was kind of like, I need to see, like, approve it. I know they made a nice magical run in March as an 11 seed. Um, but I, I mean, they haven't disappointed, I'm going to say, cause they have had injuries. Uh, Johnny Juzang out with an ankle. Is that He's correct? dinged up right now. He is dinged up. Out. Hasn't played in a couple games, but they just left something to be desired in a week pack 12 this year. I agree. Other than Arizona, in my opinion, um, a six loss team. I think they're three and four quad one. So that's a stat to keep your eye on. Uh, that's normally, that's normally not a great sign come March that they are not winning, winning the games against the big teams, which are obviously going to be the teams that are playing late in March. So I don't really like this UCLA team. Um, that's kind of, I, this Tennessee team, obviously I, I won't speak, speak much on them, but I think they've kind of turned the tides a little bit. I think this team is mm-hmm. actually not, not as bad as we've all kind of made them out to be for the first Okay, half well, third really, year. Okay, really made them out to be bad for what? The first third to a half. Third and a half of the season, yeah, probably. That's something like that. But they've turned their own, definitely. I think Tennessee's legit. I think Illinois is legit, but they are they have a chance to be upset early, very early. And I think Arkansas is poised to make a deep, deep run. You talk about Jared Bynum being a Kemba candidate. JD Note is the front runner to be a Kemba candidate. I agree 100%. I was going to mention him as well. Right now, I have Arkansas in this bracket, obviously, if you know things can change. But they're a Final Four caliber team in my book. I think Eric Musselman, Arkansas, I mean, let's look at their past games. They're a fun team to watch. Let me pull up their five, recent they're, they're, schedule. They're on a five-game winning streak, including huge, huge, huge wins. Here, I, know I have it up here. One second. I had a nice okay, comeback so, against LSU. They have lost to Alabama, but aside from that, their past six games have a win against number one Auburn, beat Missouri. They beat Tennessee, who you guys are both very hot on, beat Florida, beat six Kentucky, and beat LSU the other night. That one was very close. That was they they came back <clears throat> and LSU was leading in that game pretty much the the whole time. Um, so that's an impressive comeback win for Arkansas just to hang their hat on like a gritty comeback win when they're maybe not playing their best ball. So, mm-hmm. And then I just I want to touch on Illinois because I know, you know, probably about a month back, I said that they were my team to cut down the Nets mm-hmm. and win it all yeah. in March. I can't say the same now, but mm-hmm. I still really do like Illinois. I think that when they do put it all together, they're a very scary team. I think Illinois is the most dominant big man in the country. Correct. I think she might debate. be the best overall, th- but that is including his rebounding capabilities when he gets 18 a game. But Kofi, offensively, I think is the best big, most dominant, for sure. Mm-hmm. 
Yeah, I, I agree with that. Um, maybe not as most well rounded. You could argue Shibuya is a potential player of the year candidate right now. Maybe He's front definitely runner, the yeah. front runner, honestly. But um, but Illinois got shooters around him. Mm-hmm. I think even more so than last year. I would say Io was more of an attacker, whereas yep. this year they got Plummer alongside Alfonso Trent, Plummer who can both great, shoot. Great, great. Shoot. Jacob Granison is having the best his best year. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Maybe Demonte Williams will turn into the to the Demonte Williams of 2020, and maybe we'll have a shoot 60 percent yeah, from maybe, three. And maybe we'll have a different story. <laughs> you never know. And then getting into the five seeds, who, as we know from bracket history, are always prone to some first round upsets. Mm-hmm. We have UConn. Bama, St. Mary's, and Texas. Ooh, I, I won't lie. At like first glance, at first glance, all of these teams look upsettable. Can one hundred percent get upset in the first round? One hundred percent. St. Mary's, yes. Bama, <laughs> yes, you didn't even yeah. say that. Bama, one hundred and ten percent. Bama yes. actually more so than St. Mary's, in my opinion. Yes, maybe. Bama yeah. is known to lose. Fucking, I apologize. Games to <laughs> to bad mid major teams. Uh huh. And then Texas, who I will know does fit the Ken Palm metric to win it all this year. They still do. Top what? 20 in offense, 25 defense? Top 40 offense, top 25 defense. Okay. They do fit that metric, but they are still very upsettable, in my opinion. Oh, I agree. I agree. I agree. But the team I like most out of these five seeds is easily UConn. Mm-hmm. I'll probably agree. You have them as a Final Four caliber team, right, Alex? Absolutely. I mean, Wesley talked about it. You look at the teams that are Final Four worthy. It's good guard play and deep. Mm-hmm. UConn, 100% mm-hmm. deep. They go eight deep. I really like their freshman, Jordan Hawkins, coming off the bench. He's taken a big step in the uh-huh. second half of this regular season. They got RJ Cole, Tyrese Martin, who yep. is significantly underrated. He's very And they're, they're one of the best rebounding teams in the country, and that's why I personally don't see them getting upset by a mid-major team who tend to be smaller and not as physical as one of these Power Five conference mm-hmm. teams, I think UConn. I really like UConn. Yeah, I mean, I love how else they they do go deep. And um, Tyrese Martin is, a, I agree, com- very underrated player. He might be. He's an incredible rebounder. He he always finds his way to four to five offensive rebounds per game, and keep getting those extra possessions is huge. Um, because I mean, the amount of shots you get up, the more the better chance you have to win. Obviously, and UConn is a decent shooting team as well. So. The offense rebounding and being able to clean the glass, obviously, with uh, against mid-major teams is a huge, huge plus. So I do agree with Alex in saying that this is probably the least upsettable mm-hmm. five seed. Although they could, I definitely they could still see, could. You never know. Still but yeah. If history tells us anything, picking against UConn in March Madness typically is not a good idea. Aside from last year, I did pick UConn last year, and that did typically not go right. I did pick UConn too. And typically, it's not a good idea. Are we serious? Now, should we just get into the bubble real quick? Yeah, I agree. Because I've got a bone to pick with who is this Jerry Palm? That scrub. His last four in is Memphis, Michigan, Florida, and VCU. Mm-hmm. His first four out: <laughs> Wake Forest, North Carolina, Oregon, and Rutgers, who just beat Indiana at Assembly Hall on Senior Night. Like, I don't know how you don't put them in after that win, given obviously everything that they've done before that. I have turned in sneak. I have somehow in the past couple weeks turned into a Rutgers fan because I want to see Rutgers in the tournament. I mean, how could you not? Like, the only reason that they're not being put in right now is net. Is net, and also seventy-five and net. I'm sorry, but that's just a fraud net, metric if Rutgers is 75. They don't watch games. Net plus early season losses. No. And I'm nope. going to tell you why. Everyone thought Rutgers' loss to DePaul was like this terrible loss. But then what happens? 
Oh, Marquette loses to DePaul. Javon Freeman Liberty is a straight up stud, by the way. He has another year of eligibility. He said he's not going to DePaul. He's going to go somewhere else. Um, that's just a little keep fun your eye on it. Keep your eye on. Will be. Uh... And obviously, I know that Rutgers has some bad loss at the beginning of the year, but I feel like that has been so played out, and that's already baked in mm-hmm. to yeah. where they're at. So it's like, how do you not have them in the bracket right now? I just don't get it. But whatever. It seems pretty disrespectful, in my opinion, especially. Um, I know recency bias is not the best thing. You, you got to take a holistic approach, looking at teams' resumes. But I feel like you should value recent play a little bit more than early season play. In my opinion, I know that's probably like a bad thing to say. But no, they they do that. That's the thing. And but Rutgers' recent wins, um, you know, they've had some tough losses. I guess yeah. as of like in the last week or two, but they've had a ton of top twenty-five quad one wins. Over the past month and a half or so, so they deserve well, and, and tough losses in the past week or two. It's like okay, well, like let's look at these tough losses: Wisconsin, who exactly. Alex made the argument to be on the one line, exactly. Purdue, and then I Michigan, know. who was coming off a game after their coach got suspended, so they clearly were playing with some. Yeah, fire the Michigan there, game is one. So it's like towards, but you know, it's not. It's not that bad. It's not. So. Yeah. Anyways, I my, the whole Rutgers ordeal is very played out. I'm not going to go too much more into it. Should um, we talk about some other? Potential deep runs we like based on this bracketology. Yeah, let's give it a peek. Um, Alex, I just want to point out this matchup. We have eight seed of Murray State versus nine seed of Marquette. I know you love your racers. That's that would not, not be a ideal for you. I want to see again. No. Imagine so that, that. they get a rematch. Ago. Marquette. I think I think Murray State is hot and Marquette is not. So I would then the current state. Wow, thanks, Boog. This that's a, is blue. <laughs> that is that is an easy Murray State in my opinion right now. Although I would love to see Marquette get a better matchup and. Do you think they could creep up at all? Up to maybe... I think they can creep up to the 8 line, probably. At least. I think they they can get up to the 7. I think that's what I was going to say. I said I think they maybe could. But, but it's not looking good for Marquette, and we'll get into that later. But I really <laughs> wanted to point out this matchup. TCU right now is on the 7 line. This is a team we talked about a few weeks ago when they mm-hmm. weren't playing their best basketball, but we still mentioned TCU. You look at their last three games, they beat Texas Tech at home, top 10 opponent, Kansas at home, top 10 opponent, and then they played Kansas again tonight. At Kansas, lost by, I believe, two. TCU's legit. Do not sleep. Mike Miles. Nobody knows who he is. Nope. Phenomenal two-way player. TCU, they've kind of just, I mean, the Big 12 has had such a great year this year that they've kind of gone unnoticed. Because when people look at the Big 12, they think Tech, Baylor, Kansas. I mean, they don't really look at Texas. Texas. Yeah. Texas. They don't they really get look them. TCU definitely gets overlooked. They don't have the pedigree that these other schools have had and past experience slash um, success, too. So they're kind of getting overlooked by everybody. And, and I think yeah. I do agree with Alex that they are legit. The team yeah. that I wanted to point out, San Diego State. They're on the nine line. Were they to win, they would play Gonzaga. Truth be told, I have not watched much Aztec basketball this year. Alex, you're shaking your head. Have you watched San Diego State? No, San Diego State's not getting past the first round. All I'm saying is that the metrics do tend to love San Diego State. Number one defensive They're rating. a good defensive on, team outside on, of that. In this bracketology against Creighton. You would have Creighton winning? Yes, Creighton is playing phenomenal basketball right now. They are. I would be remiss not to say that, but I think the San Diego State team could be nice. I could see them winning that game and then potentially beating Gonzaga, who is susceptible to those losses after they lost St. Mary's. That would be a team that I would want to keep my eye on. Wesley, do you got one? Um, I know I said it earlier with 
Miami being a potential spooky team. I think they're probably going to find the way into the 10 slash 11 line. Um, that's just a win a game or two kind of team. But North Texas, um, Conference USA basketball this year is sneaky, actually fun to watch and good. Uh, they have UAB, the Blazers. They have um, Kenneth Lofton and um, Louisiana Tech, who is a good team. Um, and then they have North Texas. So I think this... Conference USA, whatever team pops out of there is probably going to be a... Imagine if, like, the sixth seed in our conference tournament makes it out. That would be so infuriating. That would be so tears because <laughs> North Texas is actually a good team, and they proved it last year with their win um, in the tournament, and I would love to see them back. And I think I would probably pick them to win a game. In all two. honesty, I've got... I love North Texas, and even if they lose in the conference tournament, I personally... Think they should get a long look from the selection committee at, for that large. at large. Well, who are you going to put them over? Are you going to put them over Rutgers? Or are you going to put them over? Who would you put them over the last four in? Memphis, Michigan, Florida, VCU. Memphis and VCU. I would put them definitely over Memphis for sure. VCU has been playing better ball lately, though. It needs to be said. Well, so is Memphis, to be fair. But okay, Memphis but, funds. but looking at North Texas, Charlie, you mentioned Jared Bynum earlier. There's a player identical to Jared Bynum on North Texas by the name of Tyler Perry. That no, is an actor. Not the actor. <laughs> Tyler Perry, you need a bucket late game. He will give it to you yeah. nine times out of ten. Yeah, North Texas won their game last year as a 13 seed versus Correct. Purdue. North Correct. Texas is a phenomenal defensive team. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. All right, do we want to get into some conference tournaments? Because I believe there are some underway. Some started up on Monday, I believe, the Horizon, which... Hashtag, oh, we they, do not care. They, we do not care. Mike Tomlin. Mike Tomlin, we do not they, care. They are them. always the first one to start at the horizon. And because consistently, nobody cares. Consistently, nobody cares. They're fun. They're going to be a 15 slash 16 and lose. That's just the fact of the matter. Unless it's <laughs> Detroit Mercy, then maybe they'll sweep their way up to like a 15 against maybe. Oh, no, dude, I actually like Detroit Mercy. Detroit they, Mercy is just. They lost today. No. And it's strictly because of Antoine Davis. And Antoine Davis averaged, yeah, he averaged twenty five a game this year, but they he was five seventeen from the floor tonight, no. and they got beat. Were they the number one seed? No, they were the six seed. <laughs> but it's, it's it's tough I, to see. We do not care about the horizon. Turn. No one in the horizons making it out. You know, Pat Baldwin Jr. His dad has recently been fired. I was going to mention know, that Pat Baldwin. How hilarious top 10 is that? Well, is he going to go into the draft this year? All I'm going to say is Pat Baldwin. If you want to stay local in Wisconsin. Go to Marquette. You know, it's, it's right up the road. We are. We'll gladly accept <laughs> you with open arms. Pat Baldwin, if you're listening, come to Marquette. I mean, Pat Baldwin, that was a pretty bad, uh, bad I would say a bad screw up to go to Milwaukee. Because, I mean, he's been injured. He's probably going to get his bag no matter what. But he lost a lot of money doing it if he goes well, to the draft. Dude, the thing is, is like you're playing for your dad and you can say, wow, it's UWM. But you look at it, it's like Dougie McBuckets goes to Creighton, who wasn't a big program at the time. Look at Dougie McBuckets now. One National Player of the Year. Absolute dog. Yeah. So but I respect the decision. It was worth the personal. It was worth the I try. respect the decision. But no, not everything works out in your favor all the time. So it is what it is. But so we should get in some uh, conference tournaments to kind of keep your eye on. Yeah, what else is going on right now besides the horizon, which we do not care? Um, the two that I have finishing up on this Saturday and this Sunday. So some nice basketball coming up. The OVC Ohio Valley Conference, which contains Murray State. Who I believe, regardless if they win it or not, they get in at large. They're yeah, getting in. They'll get in at They're in no matter what. And you can um, pencil in the championship. It's going to be Murray State versus Belmont, Belmont because that's what happens every single year. 
No. 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 You clearly haven't been watching Morehead OVC State. for the past Morehead decade. State Morehead State is playing. Coming. They're playing Morehead right. no. State. It's gonna, it's gonna be Belmont. Morehead State is playing right now. And last time I checked, they were up about ten to twelve. Um, Morehead. I haven't checked in a while. Yes. They're playing they're right legit. now. It's eleven thirty at night. You know who went to Morehead or State? Earlier, Johnny Broom. He's still Kenneth there. Kenneth Freed. I actually did know that. Morehead State, they they won 73 56. He was a staple on my fantasy basketball team. Johnny Broom with 15 9 and three blocks today. That's a classic Johnny Broom stat. If anyone's beating Murray State, it's 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 Morehead State just because 100%. 100%. I totally agree. And then the other tournament wrapping up on Sunday is the MVC Missouri Valley Conference. This That's always is, a fun one to watch. This is going to be a fun one this year. There are three teams that could legit, maybe four actually, because Missouri State is now also in that four. So the teams are UNI, who's an 18-10 and 10 team. Do before. they still have A.J. Green? They do. He oh, my a gosh. Bu- he's a bucket. <laughs> get. He is a bucket. Recently, he's been absolutely cooking. He just had 32 against Loyola, and they won, I believe, that game. He had eight attempted 18 free throws. Um so he, he's been on a heater this year. He's averaging 19 points per game. That's a team to watch out for. They're 18-10 overall, but first in Missouri Valley. So them, obviously, Loyola, Drake, and Missouri State are the four and teams. And I think, I think in this conference this year, obviously Loyola's been really dominant in the past, but I think you need to win this conference tournament to get in. I don't see any of these nope. teams getting no in at large. Loyola's right. I think they're right on the bubble right now, but they're I personally don't, don't see it. them getting in. I don't care. They don't deserve it no matter If they what. lose their conference tourney. Like, if a Loyola, like, lose their conference tourney and gets in over Rutgers, you guys seriously don't know how livid. I would be I mad. Would be. I would actually be mad, too, because it's not as mad. Be, it, would, it would be so disrespectful. It would be totally disrespectful. Loyola is Off a seven-loss team, but they do, they would never deserve it at large, in yeah. my opinion. You guys want to talk about the A-10 real quick? Has that started up yet? It is not, so. not Next quite, week. but the top six, I can see any one of these six teams winning. You got Davidson at top, followed by VCU, Dayton, the Bonnies, St. Louis, and Richmond. Mm-hmm. I'm going to tell you guys right now, don't sleep on the Flyers of Dayton. Obviously, they're a very young team. We have already nice seen them beat Kansas this year. This is a team that's going to be hungry. No, don't sleep on VCU. They've been incredibly hot lately. And when they suffered a lot of their losses at the beginning of the year, the player's name is blanking my mind right now, but he was not playing for a large portion of that game. I think they only have three losses when he plays. I think VCU is a team that you should not sleep on. Hmm. 8-10 is an interesting conference. I agree. Um, I agree with Austin that Dayton is being severely slept on. They have some nice wins in the beginning of the year, too, against Kansas, Miami, Belmont, and Virginia Tech. Those are all solid. Like yeah. that's a decent that's a yeah. decent schedule it for is. an out of con- for a non power <clears throat> five team um, out of conference schedule. So you look at this team with those wins in my eyes being such a young team. It's they've got that potential, and if they can put it all together, I think they're the best team in the A ten yeah. when playing at full potential. And then I think this is the best mid major conference slash is going to be the best tournament and that's the mountain west i think the mountain west has four teams the mountain in right west now. is legit i think year. mountain west had boy i think boise good. state colorado state's on the sixth line i believe boise state's on the eight line and why sdsu's obviously in the nine i think wyoming's on the 10 or 11 so they're all sort of in that same range they're all in the same range those four teams are those are the cream of the crop of the mountain west i'm very interested to see what that the battle is going to look like in yeah. that mountain west tournament It'll be fun that's kind of those four teams. I think it's a four-headed race. Um, Who do you guys teamers. like coming out of the Mountain West? <clears throat> like San Diego you like State. SDSU? I 
Probably like Boise State coming out, honestly. I was going to say Boise State or Colorado State just because of Dennis Rody or Roddy. I still like Colorado State as well. Yeah, yeah. those are some conference tournaments to keep your eyes on. You guys have any more to shout out? Or That's about it. We'll hopefully be back before the finishing of the conference tournaments. But yeah. if this year showed you anything, no promises. Yeah. <laughs> be ready for anything. Yeah. But anyways, it was fun to get back in the recording booth again. And until next time, this is Made in March.